is all eyes. Ladies and gentlemen, this weekend, Sean V. Bradley and I are talking to the financially astute retirement expert, Tom Hegna, who tells us, Over your lifetime, you're all going to earn a fortune. And I'll just give you an example. If somebody's making $50,000 a year over 40 years from 25 to 65, they get a 3% pay raise each year. That's going to be $3.7 million. But what if I'm an entrepreneur? Here's how you can maximize your income. Number one, find something that you're good at. Number two, find something you love. Number three, find something that the world actually needs. Number four is, can you get paid to do that? Now, where am I supposed to learn all this financial stuff? Most people spend more time planning their summer vacation than learning how to get the most from their social security benefits. Did you realize if you're single, your social security benefit can pay over a half a million dollars? Well, I'm sure you're going to tell us more on the show and I can't wait. The blind master, the blind radio master, all the master. Listen, <laughs> I'm just having a good time, ladies and gentlemen. And to my left, I got my main man, Mr. Sean V. Bradley, CSP. What's going on, Sean? Yo, you know what it is. This is SVB and the place to be. And you know where I want to be? Successful and rich people. Let me just tell us right now. <laughs> I am in a place that I don't want to go back. I mean, mm. can you imagine LA being in the projects, being, you know, in prison, being poor, not having stuff. Man, how poor imagine. was I? I was so poor I could even afford Converse shoes. My mother gave me hand-me-down LA gear. LA gear is like the no-frills version of, uh, of Converse. Believe it or not, they have cheap no-frills versions of Converse sneakers. So here's Yo. what I'm saying today, LA. You know what I'm saying is that, you know how hard it was to claw my way out of the gutter, out of the sewer? Mm -hmm. I don't want to go back, but I just saw recently, man, like, like all these people are making this money. I mean, like, da -na -na -na. you know what I mean? MC Hammer broke. You know what I mean? Like, dang, what happened, Hammer? You know what I mean? Like, if it can happen to Hammer, it can happen to us. Right. Then Delante West, yo. Oh, man, that was crazy. Yo, like, fam, how do you go from 16 million shooting jump shots next to LeBron James to being homeless at a gas station? Yo, shout out to Mark Cuban, you know, for stepping up and, and, and taking Delonte out of that situation. But damn, LA, how does one go from being a superstar, multi-millionaire, rich, I mean, like filthy stinking rich to being dirt poor, yo? That's I what keeps me up at night because, yo, I am not trying to go back. I'm yeah. not trying to go back, LA. Absolutely. And you know what? I don't want our audience to go back. Yeah. So, think about this LA well, what? you are absolutely on point here's the situation man bro Sean I know you was you know man you were so broke you couldn't even pay attention you know what I'm saying so but wow. at this point in time you know what I'm saying you you have money but so many people listen eight out of ten Americans are living paycheck to paycheck right uh, when you think about credit card debt folks got over sixteen thousand dollars in credit card debt people don't have money saved and so 
what we want to talk about today is, you know, how, if I ever get some money, do I put myself in a position not to lose it? And our guest is an expert on that. So we'll be right back after these messages with Tom Hegna. Did you know that car.com is a website to connect consumers like you, me, our parents, basically everybody to local car dealers? Car.com helps us find that perfect vehicle. From new vehicles to certified pre-owned, Car.com will help you find the best vehicle match. Car.com practically started the online car shopping experience. Peace of mind and finding your perfect vehicle, it's what they do. Car.com, we do the research, you do the driving. Get started getting that peace of mind today at Car.com. Yo, this is your host, Sean V. Bradley, and I know you hear me every week on this radio show, but did you know that I'm the star of Vice TV's hit show, I Was a Teenage Felon, Season 2? It airs every Monday at 10 p.m., so make sure you check out my show, I Was a Teenage Felon, on Vice TV. Yo, America, we have a guru, a specialist, Tom Hegner right here. Man, Tom, welcome to Against All Odds, brother. How you doing? Hey, Sean, I'm doing great out here in Arizona. Uh, well, yeah, you definitely yeah, do better than us. It's cold out here in Philly, you know what I mean? But but listen, uh, I don't know if you caught the beginning of this. We're talking about Delante West. You know, uh, man, isn't that crazy, man? Like, is it is it rare that somebody could be a multimillionaire professional athlete shooting jump shots with LeBron James to be going broke and homeless? Is he an anomaly or is this this happens to other rich people? It happens all the time. Think of all the lottery winners that have lost everything. I saw an infographic on Facebook recently that showed all these billionaires and it showed timelines of the billionaires getting rich. And then so many of them went down to zero. And I thought, man, if you're a billionaire, wouldn't you just take at least, you know, a few hundred million and put it in something guaranteed so you wouldn't go down to nothing? But it, it happens all the time. So wait a minute. Did I just hear you correctly? You say that billionaires, not just one, but you said plural billionaires, multiple billionaires have lost it all. They've lost it all. Yeah. And some of them had to go back and make billions again, but they, 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 they lose it. And it's, it's crazy because the second part we're going to talk about after we talk about building wealth is going to be protecting wealth. Okay, well, let's get into it, man. Can you just tell us a little bit about your background first? Because uh, obviously you're on the show for a specific reason, because this is your expertise, right? Yeah, well, I'm, I'm more of a, considered an expert in retirement, retirement income, but my background is I came from a small town in Minnesota. I went to college at North Dakota State University on an Army ROTC scholarship. I was commissioned in the military. I spent 16 years uh, Army Reserve. I spent six years active duty, retired as a lieutenant colonel uh, in 2006. I was in the insurance industry for about 30 years. I went out on my own in 2011. I've written five books on retirement. I have a PBS TV special entitled Don't Worry, Retire Happy that's played in 80 million homes in the U.S. and Canada. So I I really focus on that retirement niche, but recently I was I was asked by somebody to do something on financial wellness. Well, as I dug into it, you know, financial wellness sounds kind of boring, so I retitled it, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Yes. Because I think it is so simple in America today for anyone who wants to be a millionaire, and I think that's what we're going to talk about. Well, first, I want to thank you for your service, uh, and I don't know if you know, but I was actually also the United States Army ROTC. I was in a stallion battalion at Ryder University. I used to do my uh, FTXs uh, at Fort Dix with uh, Ryder University cadets and Princeton University cadets. And, and again, before I caught my federal case and like that, that was my path. And so it's a, it's an honor to have you on our show. Yeah, absolutely. And, and on top of that, he went to school, the same school as Carson Wentz, even though we just lost correct. him. <laughs> <laughs> that's what's up all right so let's get into it who wants to be a millionaire i know a lot of people want to be a millionaire but before you explain that i want to just give a disclaimer yo people a million dollars isn't what it used to be would you agree with that sir 
Absolutely. I think for millennials, they ought to be shooting at, you know, three million, five million. Uh, but let's get the first million first, right? Yes, you got to get the yes. first million is the hardest. After that, they come a lot simpler. Okay, so then talk to us. What, what, is, what is your philosophy or strategy that you could advise our audience and how can they be a millionaire? Well, everyone on your listening to this call is going to earn over a million dollars, okay? Because when you look at it over your lifetime, you're all going to earn a fortune. And I'll just give you an example. If somebody's making $50,000 a year uh, over 40 years from 25 to 65, you know, assuming that, you know, they get a 3% pay raise each year, that's going to be $3.7 million. Mm-hmm. Over 50 years, it's going to be $5.6 That's somebody making fifty. If you make a hundred thousand, it'd be seven point five million over thirty years or forty years, and eleven point two million over fifty years. And if you can get up to a two hundred fifty thousand dollar income, you're going to make eighteen point eight million over forty years, or twenty eight point one million over fifty years. So you're going to earn a lot of money. The question is, how much of that are you going to keep? That's it. Wow. Boom. Dropping firebombs right here, brother. Absolutely. When you put it in that perspective, I don't think most people think of that. Uh, so when when somebody has that information, like, wow, wait a minute here. The first thing I think about is, yeah, but taxes. I might gross that, but the government takes a lot of money out. And part of what your strategy you could help us with is how to protect and keep as much of that money or put it into certain protected accounts that are, you know, pre-tax. Is that correct? Yeah, but I mean, first we got to build that wealth. And, okay. and there's really the, the, the two things that can help you become wealthy the fastest is number one, you want to make more money. And to make more money, you got to be good at something. You know, Abraham Lincoln said, whatever you choose to be, be a good one, okay? (laughs) And I don't think enough people really focus on becoming really great at what they do. I mean, if you're a builder, be the best builder in your town. If you're a plumber, be the best plumber in the county. If you're a truck driver, be on time, you know, not accident-free. Whatever you are doing, be good at it because the better you get at something, the more you become valuable to that company. That's it question for you first big question is why do you think that most americans don't become millionaires what would you say that there's two reasons number one they spend too much on cars and number two they get divorced okay (laughs) and we can cover that too as as well but i mean those are the two things that that really cost people a lot of money um in in building wealth so what you're saying is it it is cheaper to keep her (laughs) (laughs) it definitely is yes (laughs) wow so you're saying that that divorce and cars talk about cars for example for a minute because you know that me and la are predominantly in the automotive industry and i know where you're going to go with this but i think so many people need to hear this and understand well, look, I love cars. I'm not against cars, but I, but what I'm what I encourage people to do is do things wisely. And I'm going to use me as an example here. Okay, so last year I was getting a new pickup, and I I, I had a couple choices. I could buy a brand new 2021 pickup. It was like. $65,000, or I could buy a 2019 pickup, it had 13,000 miles on it, but I could get it for 30,000. So now think about that. For 13,000 miles, two years, I saved $35,000. Now, if I invested that $35,000 at 6%, in 30 years, that'd be worth 210,000. In 40 years, that'd be worth 383,000. In 50 years, that'd be 697,000. And that's just one vehicle at 6%. If you could get eight or 10 or 12%, I mean, and I don't know how many cars people get but i've got four kids i got a wife i bet i've bought at least 15 cars so far okay now you'd multiply 15 times three or four hundred thousand and all of a sudden you're in the multi-million dollar level and that's just i'm talking cars i haven't talked about boats or rvs or jet skis or you know shoes or clothes or any of that stuff and so it's about making more but then spending less and investing that hmm 
Okay, one more question on the car side of things. I've always been into leasing. The reason why I was into leasing in New Jersey, at least, for two big reasons. One, you could get more car, higher level car at a lower cost, and you're under warranty. But the main reason is because I own businesses, I can write off the entire car payment as a lease. If I was financing, even if I was financing a pre-owned vehicle, I could only write maybe you know up to $15,000 towards the depreciation of the vehicle. So do you have any feedback of pre-owned versus leasing? You know, I, I really leave that up to, 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 to you to decide what, what you think is best. But what I'm, my, my point here is people spend way too much on cars and they don't realize the total cost. And this happens all the time. I'm in the insurance industry, so I hear this all the time. You know, somebody buys a brand new car. Well, then they call their insurance agent to get insurance on it. Well, the insurance triples on them and they go, they get mad at the insurance agent. That's not the insurance agent's fault. That's, that's your fault for not figuring out what the true cost of the car was, right? And then, you know, how much is the gas going to cost? Is there going to be maintenance? And so I just think people are spending too much on things that that really don't matter over the long term. I mean, in 30 years, are you going to care whether you drove a 2019 or 2021? You won't even remember what vehicle you drove. And yet that can result in millions of dollars in your in your account over 30, 40 years <laughs> or not. So, no, th these are <laughs> valuable, valuable points. But this brings me to the next part of this is that I believe that most Americans or most people in the world are financially illiterate. And I don't think that there's enough education about things like this. Do you agree with that, that there's a big deficiency in, in financial literacy? Absolutely. Um, people, you know, they think about it. They don't teach people how to do their taxes at school. They don't teach them about debt and how interest when it's working against you compounds just like when it's working for you. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's, you know, it's 10 times worse when it's working against you. They don't teach you about credit card management or any of this stuff. And, you know, uh, they don't teach about financial products, investment products. They don't teach you how to buy low, sell high in the market. And so, yes, I think uh, there and there's so many myths out there about, you know, building wealth. So I just try to keep it simple. The two key things that you want to do is you want to learn how to make more money. That means be very good, you know, be on time, be respectful, be valuable to your company, be promotable, be the one that they're going to pick to give you, give you the pay raise. You want to be that person. Okay. And so you want to make more money, but then you want to not spend as much money. And those mm -hmm. are the two key things that when you're wealth building, I, I tell people, I don't care what you put it in. If you put it in stocks or real estate or Bitcoin, I don't care. Put it in as something that's going to go up over time, but it's, it's about getting really good at what you do, making more money and then spending less money, not spending more money. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. So so here's the thing, because where I'm from, Tom, listen, I'm from North Philly, not the prettiest section of town. And you just talked about some myths that exist in money and finance. Um, what are some of the ones that you're like, oh, my gosh, I cannot people believe that people believe this stuff? Because is there anyone, anyone in particular that's popping up in your soul? Well, I mean, when we get to the retirement, there's all kinds of myths about retirement products and stuff. And we can talk about that maybe in, in the third third segment. But mm -hmm. for, for younger people, I think that they think that rich people spend all this money and, oh, they got a bling and they got to, you know, drive a fancy car. Mm -hmm. I, I saw one guy post, if if you're not driving a $100,000 car, your dreams aren't big enough. And I go, what do you mean? I mean, I don't have <laughs> dreams of driving a $100,000 car. I have dreams of having five or $10 million. That's what my dreams are. And and I'm not going to get there if I'm buying $100,000 cars when, when, when that's that's a lot of money at the time. So so I just think people don't understand that millionaires get rich by spending less. Yeah. They don't go into debt on their credit card. They don't go buy all this stuff. They don't. They save and they invest. They put their money into appreciating assets, whereas most Americans are putting their money into depreciating assets. Wow. Awesome stuff. Yeah. 
crazy. There's something, there's a Japanese concept. I don't want to butcher it. What is this called? Is it Akaji or Akiji? It's called Akaji. And, 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 and in Japan, they say, here's how, you, here's how you can maximize your income. Number one, find something that you're good at. Number two, find something you love. Number three, find something that the world actually needs. And then f- number four is, can you get paid to do that? So now let, let me look at you, you in L.A., okay? You're good at what you do. I can tell you love what you do. The world needs what you do. And guess what? You're getting paid to do it. And oh, it's yeah. the same with me. And, and here's another thing I say. There are riches in niches. If you want to get rich, you got to find a niche. And that means not get big. It means become an expert in a smaller area, okay? You're not, you're not an expert in everything in media, but boy, on this radio show, you are an expert at that. I'm not an expert on everything financial, but retirement income, that is my niche. Mm. And so there are riches and niches. Love it. I, it that kind of rhymes with like snitches get stitches. But I like <laughs> Blue I like ocean strategy, better. baby. Blue ocean strategy. <laughs> I love it. Okay. So now I'm going through this and I'm just thinking these, these, uh, these thoughts here. Can you explain to me what the concept of opportunity cost means? What does that mean? Well, that's kind of what I just explained with the okay. car where, you know, it, a brand new one, 65,000. Uh, I could get a used one for 30,000. If I took that other difference of 35,000, invested it and all the money that I earned over that 40 or 50 years, that was the opportunity cost. If, if, if that 30,000 would grow to be uh, 400,000, let's say in 30 years, buying a brand new car versus a used car didn't cost me that extra 35,000. It cost me 400,000 of opportunity cost of what that money could have done for me if I had invested it rather than just spend it on that car. No, understood. I would like a different example because there's a lot of millennials that you mentioned before that are in the Uber world, well, at least before the pandemic that don't have cars. Can you give another example of this? You're going to go on a vacation and you have the choice to stay at the Ritz Carlton or you have the choice to stay at the Holiday Inn. Now, that's kind of an extreme uh, example, but the Ritz Carlton and, and, you know, I've got a wife and she's looking. She goes, Tom, you know, the Ritz Carlton's only one hundred twenty dollars a night more than the Holiday Inn. OK, I get that. But then guess what? Food. Have you ever, have you stayed at the Ritz Carlton? Breakfast is over 30 bucks a person. So now you've got six people there. That's one hundred eighty bucks just for my breakfast. OK, lunch is like 40 bucks a person. Dinner's like one hundred bucks a person. Where's the Holiday Inn? kids eat free, you know, get at the beach. That would be another example. I'm not saying don't take vacations. I'm not saying don't do things. I'm saying, is it really worth it to spend all that much more money to stay at one place versus another place? So, so let me ask about this, because what do you say to people who say like, well, I just want my family to be able to have that experience. I mean, is it like a balance type of thing? Is it cool to do it sometimes other time? Like break that down for us. Yeah, so I mean, it, it it is a balancing act. I mean, I've stayed at really nice resorts too, but but I'm telling you, there there are great resorts out there that you don't have to spend you know a thousand bucks a night to stay at, and and so I think spending the time with your kids and maybe getting a sailboat uh, or something like that to rent for the day is, is maybe a better experience than staying at a fancy, fancy, fancy resort necessarily. And you'll have plenty of time to stay at fancy resorts when you become a millionaire. You know, that's the thing that bugs me. People want to live like a millionaire when they're poor. They're they're pretenders they're not contenders and i say stop pretending i never tried to be a million i just wanted to be one okay and i and i did everything i could to be one i didn't care if people thought i was i didn't care if people knew what kind of car i drove or where i went vacation i, I didn't care about any of that but so many people are worried about what will their friends think what will this person think yeah. stop thinking about that and focus on what you want which is to become a millionaire awesome okay so let's talk about all that money that people earn you talked about over the 40 to 50 years so how do they invest it where do they invest their money and what are some of the investment challenges that people have 
Well, there are a lot of investment challenges because right now the market's near an all-time high. Bitcoin's near an all-time high. The, you know, interest rates are near 50-year lows. They've been creeping up a little bit. But like, where do you put your money? And, and I, I think when you're in the building phase, that's when you do have to diversify, okay? You don't want to put all of your eggs in the Bitcoin or the or the or the real estate thing or the or, or the stock thing. You really should diversify because what happens is, it, you know, think of this: think of an elevator with one cable that's taking the elevator up and down, or an elevator that's got six cables going up and down. Now, which elevator do you think is the safest? Well, the one with six cables, because if one cable breaks, the other five are going to hold it up, and it's kind of the same in investing. You want to you want to have you don't want to put all your money in one place. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. Why do they use eggs in the old days? Because if you drop the basket, the eggs would crack. So you don't put all your eggs in one basket so that they all crack. And it's the same with investing. You want to diversify. OK, now I'm just I have some pre notes, obviously, for the show, because this is not my expertise. That's why you're on the show. What is this rule of 72? What does that mean? OK, the rule of 72 is very simple. It's how fast money doubles. So I'll give you an mm. example. You take whatever investment or interest rate you can get, you divide it into 72, and that will tell you how how quickly your money will double. So I'll give you an easy example. If you can get 10 percent on your money, your money will double every 7.2 years. So if you start at 100,000, it'll go to 200,000, 400,000. 800,000, 1.6, 3.2, you know, 6.4 million. That's how money doubles. And, and, and if you're only getting 1%, it takes 72 years for your money to double. So that also shows you that when you're investing, you want to be in a place where you can get a decent rate of return because your money will double, double quicker the, the higher the interest rate you're earning. Yeah. That's absolutely phenomenal, Tom. I, I talk about it. I got I do a, a financial show uh, basically four times a week and sometimes on the weekend. And I ask people the question. I say, put in the chat. Tell me if you put your money in your savings account. Tell me how many years do you think it'll take for it to double, right? And people put stuff like you know one year, five year, twenty years. And then when I teach them the rule of seventy two, their mind is absolutely blown. They're like, oh my gosh! I tell people, listen, you put your money. Listen, they're they're not even giving you a one. Most times, if you go to nice. bankrate.com and look it up, you'll find out what your interest rate is. And most times, it's less than 1%. And so you put in your money, it's going to take years and years for your money to double. And people just have no idea. So I don't know what to, I don't know what to do with it. Like, it's crazy. <laughs> It's part of that financial literacy we talked about. People just aren't financially literate. They don't understand this. They don't just understand how, you know, uh, I think as Albert Einstein said, compound interest is the eighth wonder of the world. Yes. You know, that, that <laughs> if you get stuff building and working for you, now your money's working for you instead of you working for money. Mm. And that's what wealthy people do. They let their money work for them. Yeah. Gotta let our money work for us, ladies and gentlemen. So we're gonna learn a little bit more about this and uh, find out about the retirement. Listen, we got Tom Hegner, y'all, right here on Against All Eyes. We'll be right back after these messages. Vice TV presents I Was a Teenage Felon, season two, starring Sean V. Bradley. He's the king of clubs. At 19 years old, part of a multi-million dollar international drug ring. Arrested by the Secret Service, DEA. This was the largest ecstasy case in United States history. And somehow this dude becomes the best-selling author and a mega-millionaire when he gets out of prison. Find out how only on Vice TV's I Was a Teenage Felon, Mondays at 10 p.m. Exclusively on Vice TV. Hey world, this is Sean V. Bradley, and if you need to buy a new or pre-owned car and want to have the best, most convenient experience ever, get full transparency, the absolute lowest price, no stress, best customer service, well, I highly recommend car.com. From nothing to everything. 
So, ladies and gentlemen, we are back on the Against All Eyes radio show. And in the first part of this hour, we discussed, you know, who wants to be a millionaire, right? But I think the real question is, who wants to stay a millionaire, right? Because we discussed Mr. Delonte West. We discussed, you know, a bunch of different people. But I, I think that's what that's the question that really needs to be put on the table. Because, again, if you want to stay a millionaire, you can't blow your money um, the way that we talked about folks do in, in the first uh, segment. Right, Tom? That's right. You know, and, and, you know, overspending is one of the biggest risks that people face, whether they're a millionaire or not. I mean, you don't want to overspend in when you're building wealth. But then once you become a millionaire, you don't want to overspend either. And so that 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 continues to be a risk throughout your entire life. Yeah. And one of the things that I, I'd always talk about is, you know, instead of spending your money, just spend the interest of your money. The, the definition of financial independence is where you have enough money saved where you can live off the interest of your money. So I know we're probably going to get into some of that stuff but i know also know sean's asked yeah, some questions I, yeah i have a question about this whole using insurance based products for protection like health insurance disability insurance yes. because i'm going to tell you right now that's what kind of killed me in my business i didn't know anything about insurance and we had different situations happen whether it was from the commercial property or if it was um you know a lea- legality thing uh, and i we didn't have uh, liability insurance and i think you're absolutely spot on entrepreneurs and, and people new to wealth aren't hip on the insurance game. And I know LA, that's more your world, but Tom, can you talk about that? Like what, how do you use insurance to, uh, you know, insulate yourself for, for protection? Yeah, I mean, people think of insurance as, a, as an expense and, oh, I, I hate these insurance companies and everything, but but that's not the deal. The deal is you got to protect your wealth. And I'll just give you some examples. You need to have health insurance because what happens if you had a heart attack or, or, or you got uh, injured severely and now you go to a hospital? I don't know if you've seen what hospital bills are lately, but I mean, I think it's really hard to get out of a hospital without the bill being over twenty five or 30000 now. I mean, I, I don't think you go to a hospital and it's only a 1000 bucks anymore. It, we're talking huge amounts. And then if you have a severe thing it can be millions of dollars and so one of the biggest causes of bankruptcy in america today is is health care costs that that people didn't have insurance Mm -hmm. and so when you're wealthy all right you better have health insurance and i'm saying when you're building wealth you better too because if you don't you're not ever going to build wealth if something happens to you so you got to protect your health yeah you know and 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 disability insurance is tied in there you know a lot of people i don't i'm not gonna spend money on disability insurance okay what if you're disabled and you can't work for 10 years what is that mm. going to cost? What's that going to do? It's going to prevent you from becoming a millionaire, you know? And so I think these different products will protect you and protect your wealth. Yeah. So go into that. There's These are the basic ones that a lot of people heard of. But when you go into property and casualty insurance, liability insurance, like those are not too familiar to the general public. So can you elaborate well, okay. on this? So property and casualty insurance, that's just your homeowners and your automobile insurance, your motorcycle insurance, your boat insurance. And and I think too many people uh, try to cut corners there. They, they get the lowest limits possible. I have the biggest limits possible. You know why? Because I got wealth. And, and, and I was just telling LA before we got on, I got in a car accident two days ago. Pretty serious. All my airbags, oh my side airbags went off. Everything went off. Um, I'm okay. The other guy was okay. But you know what? Uh, it, it, it's going to, it's going to impact. It could have impacted me a lot, but I carry high liability limits. Plus I have an umbrella policy of several million dollars. So like if somebody ever sues me, they're not going to get any of my money. They're not going to get it because I protected it. And, and I think too many people forget to protect their wealth. I mean, how bad do you think I would feel if I spent 30 or 40 years working, saving, investing, doing everything right. And then all of a sudden something happened, boom, and somebody else takes all my money. 
That would not make me happy and it shouldn't make you happy either. You've got to protect your wealth. LA, I want to hear from you because you are huge into insurance and Primark and stuff like that. Is is Tom spot on here? And what are your thoughts? He absolutely is. Like so many people do it. Um, and, and the the picture that you painted is absolutely crazy because people do they they live their life by oh I'm a, I'm gonna just a little teeny tiny bit of insurance and things like that, but they don't realize that it's protecting their wealth. Uh, when you talk about life insurance, right? A number one of the number one things. Um, you know, people go oh I'm gonna wait till I'm older to get it. Now it's more expensive you know now it's you may not even be able to qualify for because your health is all jacked up right so you got to get this stuff when you're young and healthy people don't even understand the real purpose of life insurance and i break it down to them i'm like listen it really should be called income replacement but if it was then most people would get you know the right stuff well the smart people would right we actually get what they should get versus just getting you know something to bury themselves or even sometimes enough to you know take care of the residents or something like that no you need enough to if something were to happen to you you got kids right and you bring an income in and so now if something happens to you even though you're not here your income doesn't have to disappear right and that's what happens in most american households it's a shame let me jump in on this one and say america i mean this with sincere respect okay is this GoFundMe is not an insurance policy. So, so again, I see too many people with all these GoFundMe's out there because they weren't properly prepared. So Tom, what, and I know there's difference between term life insurance versus whole life insurance. Can you explain the difference? Because one of them could be used for an actual investment that, and some of them you could draw back on. And this is where it gets confusing for me. So can you explain that a little bit? Yeah. Uh, be- before I get there, I want to go back on, on something you were talking. You know, a lot of these millennials say, oh, you only live once. YOLO. Well, my, my, my good friend Joe Jordan says it's not YOLO. It's yo-yo. You're on your own, baby. And the only one that's going to take care of your older self is your younger self. OK. And, and the other thing on L.A.'s point on life insurance, you can't buy it when you need it. You can't buy any insurance when you need it. You know, when you need car insurance, when you just cause a five car pile up on the freeway, you try calling State Farm. Oh, State Farm. I'm so glad you answered the phone. I need some car insurance. They won't sell it to you. You know, when you need homeowners insurance, when your house is on fire, you try calling Allstate. Oh, Allstate, I got some mayhem going on here. I need some homeowners insurance. They won't sell it to you. You can't buy any insurance when you need it. You're young, you're healthy, you can afford it. This is exactly when you need to buy life insurance. Now, as far as whether you should buy term insurance or whole life insurance or universal life insurance, I can tell you the pros and cons of each one of those. But I think it's so important to work with a financial professional. I do not think that this type of thing is a do-it-yourself project. You don't do your own dental work in your garage with your drill set. And I don't think you ought to be doing your own retirement and financial planning. You need to work with a professional who knows how this stuff works. And then they can explain to you term insurance is just pure death protection. You die, it pays, but less than 2% of term policies ever pay a death claim. Now that doesn't mean term is bad. It means that it should never be your only policy. It's there for supplemental coverage, for extra coverage. When the kids are little, when the bills are high, when the paycheck is small, you use term life insurance. There are people who say you should buy term and invest the difference. Well, that's what universal life is. You have a term insurance policy and then you have an investment that could be a fixed interest account. It could be an indexed account. It could be a variable account that has a a series of portfolios in there. But the, the, the key reason you want to use that universal life insurance is because all of the term costs count towards the cost basis of the policy. So to try to keep it simple, when you buy universal life insurance, you're getting tax advantage term life insurance. And then there's whole life 
insurance and whole life is different. You know, the premiums are guaranteed, the death benefits guaranteed, the cash value is guaranteed, the dividends are not guaranteed, but most companies have paid them for many years. Which policy do I own? I own all three of them. I've had term insurance, I have, uh, I've had variable life insurance and I've had whole life insurance. So I really think it's important to work with a financial professional and regardless of where uh, LA falls on that, I think he'd agree with that. Yeah, absolutely, man. You gotta, you cannot, you know, like, man, you just, it's so crazy because Tom, you over here saying the stuff that I say to people all day, every day, right? Listen, you can't do your own stuff, right? You'd lean not unto thine own understanding, right? You gotta have your personal situation, you know, analyzed and then let a professional give you a, prog- like, you know, like like with a doctor, right? You know, the doctor says, okay, tell me your situation and then we can actually give you a proper prescription, so okay, well, I'm gonna jump in on this because here's here's the reality. I I would agree with that for basic people or people that are just starting to accumulate wealth. For me, I'm in a unique situation. I've never had a financial planner. I have an accountant that has advised me like a financial planner, and it's been great. My problem is when I've interviewed financial planners throughout my come up, I'm looking at people that are making maybe uh, 60, 70, 80, 100 thousand dollars. Like I don't feel comfortable talking to somebody making uh, that that only is capable of earning 100 thousand dollars on how am I going to invest my millions of dollars. So, what advice do you have for someone like me? You know, where I, I've generated over $40 million in personal income, I need to find somebody that, that, that has that experience. I don't want you to, you know, talk about theory. I want, like, I want to know if, if you're making millions of dollars, where are you putting your money? I don't want to go to financial planner. That's just coming off of something that he heard in, in his boardroom meeting or in class or something like that. I want people that actually have real world experience. If not, I just, I'm doing pretty damn well on my own, but I want to take my 40 million into 400 million. Yeah. And so, you know, I use a financial professional as well, and I know all this stuff, but I, I need a financial professional. To, if I say I want life insurance, I want them to scan the thousands of life insurance products out there. And, and based on what I Where want, do you find they, them? Where do well, you find I, these type of people? I mean, I'm, I'm out there every day working with these financial uh, professionals. So, but, but here's the deal. And I give you this advice and I give your listeners this advice. Find other successful people like you and ask them, who do they work with? Do they like working with that person? Why are they with that person? And it won't take you long to get two or three really good, good, good people that you say, okay, I could work with that person, you know? Yeah. And, and that's what I would say. You want to you wanna find out. And you don't necessarily want to take advice from people who are making a lot less money than you are. You want to find somebody who's been very successful on their own and what do they do? How do they do it? And how do they invest? I don't want them practicing on me. (laughs) Listen, let me, let me, let me, let me, let me jump in here real quick, gentlemen, because at the same time, don't get it twisted because people, there are a lot of people who I know who have helped uh, people make millions of dollars, even though they make $200,000. So here's the situation, right? You got a gentleman who, listen, he got cancer, right? And the doctor helps him cure cancer. Well, the doctor never had cancer themselves, but they helped someone get cured from cancer. You know what I'm saying? Okay, you know what I'm so right, don't play right. as if when you're okay, an expert. You, know, you got a point. <laughs> an expert is good, an Ellen. expert. Hundred percent. So well, let's keep it rolling, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah. What are annuities? Let's just let's redirect this. Let's reset this right here. What are annuities? I've I've heard this you know said a lot. And I don't know what even annuities are. 
Love yeah, annuities. and there's, there's so many misconceptions about annuities. You get people on TV, they say annuities are a ripoff or they hate annuities. Those are uneducated people. Absolutely. You cannot understand annuities and say that they're bad. I mean, if you read any white paper from a PhD who studied retirement, every single one of them says, you know, annuity should be a foundational element of your retirement plan. It's not where you put all of your money, but you should at least cover your basic living expenses in retirement. And think about those. Remember when I said all those billionaires that lost everything? Yeah. Why didn't they take $1 billion if they had 17 billion, why didn't they take 1 billion or 2 billion and put that into guaranteed lifetime income where they get a check guaranteed for the rest of their life? They, they never run out of money ever. Yes. That's what annuity does. It guarantees you will never, ever, ever, ever run out of money. As long as you're breathing, those checks are coming. And if they would have just done that, they would they would be a lot more uh, happy and peaceful today than, than running out of those billions. Yes, LA. indeed. Tom, I'm telling you, man, listen, when I, when I was, you know, kind of studying and learning all this stuff, for some reason, I fell in love with annuities. When I actually took my test, right, life and health, and and uh, I'm like, yo, annu- I, I score highest on annuities because I just understand them. And most people struggle with that stuff. Even in the industry, people struggle with it. That's why they say stupid stuff like, you know, annuities are ripoffs and everything. Annuities are great. I love them. So, Tom, you definitely go ahead to provide yeah, and, the folks and, you some know, education. Uh, LA, I don't sell any financial products. I don't sell annuities. I don't sell life insurance. I don't care if people buy them or not. I own 11 annuities. And if these were dumb products, if these were stupid products, I would own exactly zero of them. Exactly. And, and let me just share with you why I do. I, you know, I told you I have enough money to retire for the rest of my life. So I have enough money to retire for the rest of my life. The, my question is, what is the stupidest thing I could do? Lose my money. That'd be the stupidest thing <laughs> I could do. So what I want to do with my money is I want to make as much as I can make. If I can make 10%, 20%, 30%, I want to make as much as I can make. But just as important, I don't want to lose what I've already got. Well, Vanguard can't do that for me. Fidelity can't do that for me. Mr. Ken Fisher can't do that for me, but a variable annuity can do that for me. I own some fixed index annuities. Why? Because a PhD by the name of Roger Ibbotson did a study and he found that a 60% stock, 40% bond portfolio did worse than a 60% stock, 40% indexed annuity portfolio. And so, you know, even if you moved your bond portfolio into annuities, you're going to do better. And then I own multiple income annuities. Why? Because retirement's all about income. Mm-hmm. I want to enjoy my retirement, whether the market's up, whether the market's down, whether interest rates are low, whether interest rates are high, whether there's a Republican or a Democrat. I don't, I don't want any of that to impact my retirement. And it's not going to because I have guaranteed income for the rest of my life. Okay, listen, I'm pretty smart. I'm a multimillionaire and I'm still confused listening to this stuff. Can you break it down like you were talking to my 13-year-old son with annuities here? So can you give me an, uh, an example of a specific annuity that you have or that people have and how it works and what the difference of those annuities versus the income-generated annuities are? This is so yeah. intriguing. So, well, I mean, we could do hours and hours and hours on this and, and people can find out more if they want to just search me on YouTube. I got a lot of free videos out there. But, um, you know, there's basically two types of annuities, deferred annuities annuities and immediate annuities. Deferred annuities are annuities whose primary purpose is to grow. Now, all annuities can be turned into guaranteed income at any point in time, but but the deferred annuities are ones whose primary purpose is to grow. While they're growing, they grow tax deferred. So you don't pay any taxes each year as they're growing, only when you take money out. Now, you can have it in a fixed account where your principal and interest is guaranteed, or you can have it in a series of mutual fund type accounts are called separate accounts, but like you can have Fidelity Contra Fund, you can have small cap growth, small cap value, you can have almost any type of investment, real estate type investment, trusts and things are in there and you can invest, but it's got guarantees. It can either have a cash value guarantee or an income guarantee or withdrawal guarantee. There are guarantees. But Sean, what I would tell you again is this is why I don't think you can do it yourself. 
Okay, I just don't right. think so. I think you need a financial profession. You need an LA to be your guide, you know, in all of this. Yeah, let me let me kind of explain it. Like I'm talking. Wait a minute, wait a minute, LA. So then what you're saying is I'm gonna have literally the blind leading the blind here. <laughs> <laughs> he had to slide in his little joke, right? No, it's all good. Listen. So let me explain it as if I'm explaining it to little Sean, right? So Sean, what if what if I could put you in a situation where you gave me a hundred dollars uh a month, let's just say for a year, right? And then I'll give you twenty dollars a month back for the rest of your life that, would that be uh, a pretty cool product hell yes that, that and be. see that's like that's the thought process behind an annuity see I, annuity has you know things for and i'm i've super duper simplified that ladies and gentlemen just so you understand right but you pick a certain amount of time you can either give me a lump sum of money right and then you but pick wait a, a minute date. but here's my question though. this might be so remedial mm -hmm. uh, again it is what it is are annuities like stocks like is it a company is it like is it like starbucks is it is it gold what is an annuity it's a financial well, product go ahead Tom. yeah and all of those things can be inside of a, of a variable you. annuity. That, so you can own Starbucks stock. It, yeah. It'll be in a fund. You don't get to pick individual stocks inside of annuity, but you, you're in a fund that owns, you know, Walmart and Amazon and, and Intel and Home Depot and mm -hmm. Starbucks. And you can see which companies you own because they have to give you an annual, annual report. It's about that thick. But you can know what companies you own inside. And if you want to have gold, there's gold inside of variable annuities as well. Mm -hmm. So, um, America, I want you to understand something because I'm not a completed yet you know is this is that this is the point that tom's making and I, I completely agree especially after this conversation that i need to get especially now that it keeps growing more strategic help i'm an expert in video search engine optimization i'm an expert in digital marketing i wrote a best-selling book called winning the game of googleopoly i could beast out google and i'm smart and i've got this i've got that but i don't understand some of this financial stuff so this is why you need to get a coach this is why you need to get a specialist to be able to help you get to the next level 100%. Ladies and gentlemen, the reason why people don't succeed financially is because they don't have no financial education, they don't have a financial game plan, and they don't have a financial coach. We're going to talk more after these messages. Did you know that Car.com is a website to connect consumers like you, me, our parents, basically everybody to local car dealers? Car.com helps us find that perfect vehicle. From new vehicles to certified pre-owned, Car.com will help you find the best vehicle match. Car.com practically started the online car shopping experience. Peace of mind and finding your perfect vehicle, it's what they do. Car.com. We do the research, you do the driving. Get started getting that peace of mind today at Car.com. Yo, this is your host, Sean V. Bradley, and I know you hear me every week on this radio show, but did you know that I'm the star of Vice TV's hit show, I Was a Teenage Felon, Season 2? It airs every Monday at 10 p.m., so make sure you check out my show, I Was a Teenage Felon, on Vice TV. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been a phenomenal show. I don't know if y'all enjoying yourself like I'm enjoying myself and we having a good old time. We're talking about who wants to be a millionaire, who wants to stay a millionaire, and also who wants to live and give like a millionaire. Because so many people, you know, they have that idea that they want to live like a millionaire and the problem is they do it too early in life. And then they never do the first part, which is become a millionaire, right? So these are some of the major challenges that, that folks are faced with. But, you know, let's say, you know, folks do, uh, they follow the steps and they do what they got to do and they become, you know, that millionaire. And how do they basically maintain that throughout retirement time? I know that's kind of like your, your number one thing. 
How do you, how it's do they like do the, that? It's distributing wealth. So how, yeah. yeah, how do you distribute that wealth so you have it through the longevity of your retirement? Because Tom, a million dollars isn't what it used to be between uh, like As a life said. expectancy going higher and, and inflation. I know people that, that friends of mine that their parents retire with two to three million dollars mm. and they're, they're running out of money. So mm -hmm. I don't wanna have that problem. So help us figure that out. Yeah, so th this is my niche, okay, where I said there's riches and niches. This is my niche, retirement income, and I've I've written five books on the subject. My most recent book is Don't Worry, Retire Happy, Seven Steps to Financial Security, and, and that was mm. the PBS TV special that played in 80 million homes. So let's maybe just go over each of these steps one at a time. You know, and step one is you got to have a plan. You know, how do you get anywhere if you don't have a roadmap or a, or, a, or a plan of how to get there? You know, you don't go on a drive without your GPS. We used to use roadmaps. I know kids don't do that anymore. They use their GPS, but you need to have a GPS to get somewhere. And it's the same with retirement. And as we said in the last se segment, I don't think it's a do-it-yourself project. I think you must work with a financial professional because there's no way that, that I can see that you're going to be able to know which product is best for you, when to buy it, you know, and all these different things. I think you need to to work with a trusted financial professional. Mm, All right, powerful. And you said offline, you're gonna give me some recommendations, right, Tom? <laughs> I can, yeah. <laughs> But you got LA's right there too. Now, Tom, but people said, I got social security. Is that even going to be a thing? I'm 44 years old. Am I even going to have social security? And, and, and how could I maximize those benefits even if I have them? Oh, you're going to have social security. Social security is not going to go away. That's, that's a bunch of hocus pocus. I could literally fix social security in less than 15 minutes for the next hundred years. Social security is really not the problem. Medicare and Medicaid, that's the problem, not social security. But you know, most people spend more time planning their summer vacation than learning how to get the most from their social security benefits. Did you realize if you're single, your social security benefit can pay over a half a million dollars. If you're married, it can pay you well over a million dollars. And yet again, people are not learning how to maximize. They go into the Waffle House at 6 a.m. with all the wise men sitting around drinking coffee. They say, hey, I'm retiring soon. What age should I draw my social security benefit? And what do the wise men tell them? Oh man, have them reading the papers. This place is going broke. Get the getting while the getting's good. 62, 62, 62. <laughs> that's the Waffle House answer, but that's not the right answer. The right answer is that the breadwinner should delay. So if you have a husband and wife, if the husband made more than the wife, the wife can take her social security benefits early. I don't have a problem with that. But the higher earning spouse, in this case, the husband should wait till 66 or 70. Why? Because that check covers both lives. See, when he dies, which check does she get? She gets his. If he took his early, he locked her into a lower survivor benefit. So again, this is something that wow. maybe the average public doesn't know, but a financial professional would know that. Yeah, because wow. it's set up like an annuity. Yeah, absolutely. It goes back to that conversation. So you yeah, well, Social Security is annuity. It's a guaranteed paycheck for life. So Social mm -hmm. Security is a lifetime income annuity. A pension is a lifetime income annuity. But if people are short, then that's where the annuity fits. So I've heard these buzzwords like hybrid retirement. What does that mean? Well, it's kind of what I'm doing. You kind of work a little bit. Well, you don't just go cold turkey 100% in retirement. You know, some people, they, they work, 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 and then they go to retirement. A lot of them just drop dead because they no longer have a purpose. And so what a hybrid retirement says is, is continue to do some work. You know, I do virtual stuff. I'm, I'm not doing three, 200 days a year on the road anymore. I'm not going to do that, but I'll do virtual stuff. I'll do a big industry meeting here or there. I'm still writing books and, and articles and things. And, and so you can do something that you like to do instead of something 
something that you have to do. I knew somebody, they retired, they became a marshal on a golf course two days a week. You know why they did that? Because they got to play for free the other five days a week. So, I mean, <laughs> do something that you enjoy doing that will help you maybe earn a little extra money, maybe help you increase your Social Security benefits, keep you from tapping into your portfolio for a couple of years. It's a very important step in retiring. Yeah. Well, Tom, one of the things that, that I had mentioned uh, in this segment was inflation. Uh, how, do, how does somebody calculate or, or factor that in in their retirement strategy? Well, there's always going to be inflation some places. You know, college costs have been going up a lot. Medical costs have been going up. You have to plan that your dollar will buy less in the future. So you don't just want to have income for the rest of your life. You got to figure out how you're going to have increasing income for the rest of your life. Now, there's several ways to do it. Number one, that's where stocks fit. That's where real estate can fit. That's where dividend paying stocks can fit. You can invest in things that if we get inflation, the portfolio goes up and there's more money to take out more money. But you can also do what I've done. I bought guaranteed lifetime income that will kick in when I turn age 60, but I bought even more that kicks in when I turn age 62. I bought even more that kicks in when I turn age 65. I bought even more that kicks in when I turn age 70. So I am guaranteed to have increasing income for the rest of my life. I think it's a key point. I love I'm this guy. so fascinated by this, LA. This is awesome. This yeah. is definitely one of my favorite segments because, first of all, most of the people that are on this show, Tom, are from my personal background. These are like my 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 friends, people that I've done business with, and they're in my circles from experience. This is something that I'm still trying to learn. This to me is that what people think that Illuminati strategy that you know that's because it's not open for the regular mortals. This is like the rich get rich type stuff and this is why because you guys know what you're doing okay now what does this mean like how can you turn a portion of your wealth into into guaranteed lifetime income is that what you were talking about can you be a little bit more specific yeah so so you know as part of the research I've done for my books, I had to read a lot of white papers written by PhDs who studied the subject of retirement. And most normal people don't read white papers written by PhDs, but I did. And I put them into English. And, and what, the, what the PhDs who study retirement say is you should figure out, number one, how much do you need to live your normal retirement? So how much do you need for food, food, housing, clothing, cell phone, internet, gas, all your normal expenses, that should be covered with guaranteed lifetime income. Now, social security counts because it's a guaranteed paycheck for life, a pension counts because it's a guaranteed paycheck for life. But whatever you're short, you're supposed to go find an insurance company and buy some form of lifetime income annuity, again, to at least cover those basic living expenses in retirement. And I recently wrote an article saying all the anti annuity myths have, have uh, been destroyed because people say, I don't need annuity. I have real estate. Well, how's that working out when renters don't have to pay rent and landlords can't evict them? You can't say real estate is guaranteed. It's not. Dividend paying stocks. I love dividend paying stocks, but over 600 companies eliminated or slashed their dividends during the corona thing. You can't depend on dividend paying stocks. Then people say, oh, I do laddered bonds. Well, how does that work when the 10-year treasury is at 1.2%? That doesn't work. People say, oh, I do tax-free municipal bonds. It's been on the cover of Barron's Magazine, I think three times in the last year because these municipalities have had their revenue slashed and their expenses gone up. And, and a number of these municipalities are gonna end up going bankrupt. Mm. Man, I'm telling you, loving the conversation. See, what's most, what most people don't realize is that $30,000 today, you know, is like $73,000 30 years from now. So that's what Tom's talking about when he talks about the, the, the value of the dollar. You're not going to be able to buy as much. So you need $1,080,000 uh, saved in order to create that income of $73,000, which is like having $30,000 today. It's just, it's just how it works, y'all. And I think folks really need to get it, so. 
So, Tom, th- th- again, I'm just completely fascinated. How, what are the key risks to a successful retirement? Well, there's a lot of risks. There's market risk. The market could crash. They could raise your taxes. And I've, I'll tell you, they will raise your taxes. We're, you know, $28 trillion in debt climbing at 3 to $4 billion every single morning. Uh, we have $200 trillion of unfunded obligation for Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, government pensions, military pensions. Taxes are going up. So I've converted much of my IRAs and 401ks to Roth. I've also put a bunch more of my wealth into cash value life insurance so that I have sources of tax-free income in retirement. Uh, you might need long-term care. Uh, we, we're going to probably see inflation at some point. Uh, You know, you might die. There's a lot of risks in retirement. And that's why what you want to do, you could live a long life. You could live to be 140. If they cure cancer, diabetes, heart disease, what are you going to do then? Mm -hmm. And so a, a good financial plan, a good retirement plan covers all of those risks and there are products that will mitigate each one of those risks and and that's why it's so important and then what we're finding is when when you've covered those risks when you're guaranteed to never run out of money guess what you're happy in retirement the wall street journal said the secret to a happier retirement is friends neighbors and a fixed annuity that was the wall street journal (laughs) time magazine said lifetime income stream key to retirement happiness so there's been all kinds of studies on happiness that the happiest people in retirement are people who have guaranteed paychecks and then now the research shows you're likely to live longer. The average 65-year-old male who purchases a life annuity can expect to live about 20% longer than a 65-year-old male who does not. That was written by attorney Patrick Tricker in, in an article in the, the Financial Services uh, Industry Journal. I mean, this stuff, th- th- I'm not making this stuff up. Man, let's, let's, let's go on that. What about long-term care? Uh, like, how, how does somebody prepare for that? Well, look, there's really a couple ways. I say any plan is better than no plan, but most people don't plan to to cover their long-term care expense. And I always tell people, well, there's a plan. The government's got a plan. You're not going to like it. you got to spend all your money down until you become destitute. Mm-hmm. Then you go on welfare. It's called Medicaid. You don't want, and if you, if you want to be on Medicaid, I, I challenge you to go find a Medicaid facility, walk in there and then take a big breath. Just see, see if that's where you want to spend your golden years. <laughs> that's not where I want to spend my golden years. So I have long-term care insurance. Okay. And I've had people say, well, I don't want to live in a nursing home. I say, exactly. I call it anti-nursing home insurance, stay at home insurance, (laughs) because my policy allows me to stay in my house. The nurse has to come to me. And the best thing I get to pick the nurse. (laughs) So that's the one I have. But then there's also life insurance that comes with a long-term care rider. So people can be covered for their life insurance if they die and they be covered if they need long-term care. Any plan is better than no plan. But again, that's why I think you got to work with a financial professional. Yeah, I love I love his like everything, every all of his his sentences end with the period of work with a professional. You know what I'm saying? And what's <laughs> and what's crazy is that you are not a financial planner. You've right. said that a bunch of times. So that's why I'm listening to you more than I listen to anybody else. Because if somebody is a financial planner, they're they're giving me that those breadcrumbs to them. You are giving real genuine advice because it's not like a, a Machiavellian strategy to get a client. You do specialize in retirement, but you're saying, look. I specialize in part of this, but you need somebody that's gonna be able to walk you through the entire experience. Now, here's a section I really wanna know about a lot because I have a lot of real estate, not a lot, but I have a decent amount, millions of dollars worth of real estate, but my home equity, explain to us how do you leverage and use your home equity wisely? What do you mean by that? For many people, their house is the largest asset they have. And there's basically three ways to use your home equity wisely. Number one, you can sell the house and downsize and move to beautiful, sunny Arizona. It's going to be 82 tomorrow, okay? <laughs> but if you're single, when you sell that, that home, you can pushes. capture up to... 
You can capture up to $250,000 tax-free in capital gains. But if you're married, you can capture up to $500,000 tax-free in capital gains. And by the way, you can do that every two years, okay, as long as you're living in that residence. And that can really help a retirement. And the other thing you can do is you can take a loan against the equity or you can do a reverse mortgage. Now, I'm not for reverse mortgages, but I'm not against reverse mortgages. They are a tool that can be used in retirement. But my, my professional advice is this. Number one, be very, very careful. And number two, work with a reverse mortgage expert. Um, you know, you're going to read nasty things about reverse mortgages, but I'm telling you now you're going to read a lot of positive things uh, written by very respected sources like the American College, um, Jamie Hopkins of Forbes Magazine, Dr. Wade Fowle, Mary Beth Franklin, Don Graves. So reverse mortgages can really help some people just be very careful and work with an expert. I Man. love this. Don't give your kids any money. Spend your money. Leave them with life insurance because you can do that for pennies on the dollar. I love that advice from you, brother. <laughs> yeah. Well, see, one of the reasons people aren't enjoying their retirements is they think they got to leave their kids some money. Oh, we got to leave some money to Johnny and Susie. We got to leave some money to Johnny and Susie. I tell people all the time, don't leave your kids any money. You're not supposed to leave money. You're supposed to spend every last nickel you got. You're not trying to be the richest guy in the cemetery. Enjoy your retirement. Leave them life insurance. So let me use me as an example. We got four kids. One day we were sitting around and my wife said, how much we leave the kids? Uh, or I said, how much we leave the kids? My wife said, I don't know. What do you think? I said, well, if, if we bought a $1 million second to die life insurance policy, name the four kids a beneficiary. When we're both gone, they're going to get a million dollars tax-free. I mean, that's 250,000 a piece tax-free plus whatever's left over. I said, let's start there. So we bought a $1 million second to die life insurance policy, name the four kids a beneficiary. That policy is completely paid up. Do you know what the total cost of that million dollar policy was? 150,000. So now think about this. For 15 cents on the dollar, we transfer a million dollars to our kids. But here's the best part. Who gets to spend the rest of the money? <laughs> we do. <laughs> I want people to spend their money. I want them to leave life insurance. They can do that for pennies on the dollar. So let me make sure I understand this correctly. Um, walk me through that process because me and my wife, we have through AIG a, a life insurance policy, but it's term. It's only at a certain time. And then we also have a clause in there. If we both, God forbid, perish at the same time, it accelerates it, yada, yada, yada. But I've never had this strategy that you just said is leave them a policy. So how do I enhance that? Do I, you know, is that a separate product? Yeah, that would be called what's called a GUL, Guaranteed Universal Life. So it's not there to try to build a bunch of cash value. It's right. there to never run out. So it's like a term to forever. So like it's not building a bunch of cash value, but but it's going to pay a death claim whenever you die. And uh, and I used a second to die. So we both had to die before it pays because that's even cheaper. And and it's just it's just a tool that can be used to leave somebody money for pennies on the dollar. Then you get to spend all the rest of your money. Man, what did what did you just say? Second to die. What does that mean? That means it pays on the second death so it covers two people both my husband both the husband and wife are on the policy when they both die then it pays a death claim okay so if one parent uh you know passes away it doesn't pay anything it's got a it it, it saves until the other parent passes away. yeah well. and that, that that's just the one that we use for the the kids, because if something happens to me, I got life insurance that'll go to her, right? So right. I got a different policy for her. But for the kids, it really matters that we both are gone. Then the kids get that money. That yeah. makes a lot of sense. And that's, I think you said less expensive. Yeah, because yeah. it's covering two lives and the odds uh, of both people dying is lower than one person dying. 
Man, that's brilliant. Joint and survivorship, LA, baby. That's your, what it's about. This is your world is insurance. L.A., do you have anything to add on the insurance side of things here? No, I mean, it's crazy. Like I said before, um, Tom is just giving the same advice that I give on a regular basis. Every week I have this conversation with somebody, right? If I'm sitting with a you know market enough person, right, a person who needs to hear this stuff, then I'm talking to them about it, right? Sometimes I meet with folks that, you know, they knuckleheads, right? But the whole thing is if I'm talking to the right person, I share this stuff on a regular basis. So, and you're talking, you're talking my language, talking about joint life, survivorship life. I mean, folks don't know this stuff. And again, I just, I took to it as soon as I, because I had no idea this stuff existed. So once I found out it existed, it just was, it, it attracted me to it. And I said, I got to know this. So this is great stuff. Well, listen, I'm going to say thank you so much, Tom, for, for blessing us with your, your experience, your wisdom. And, and again, tell them the book and tell them how they could, you know, get in touch with you if, if they want to get some more of this. Sure, the books, Don't Worry, Retire Happy. I'm available at TomHegna.com. Our phone number is 855-TOM-HEGNA. We keep it simple. That's it. <laughs> well, listen, everybody. We appreciate everybody listening to the extended version of the Against All Eyes radio show and podcast. Against All Eyes. We'll talk to y'all later. Peace.